Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everybody. Uh-oh. My wife is, wife is not cooperating. Give me a second. Family who are always able to quickly help out when I am in need. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to once again come together today to study and above all, worship you. So be with us now as we turn to the scriptures, as we talk about freedom, and also, Lord, partake in the emblems. Be with us in Jesus' name, amen. My goodness, every week keeps getting better and better because I see more people. I don't know how many are here today, but it's probably close to say we may be one of our bigger Sabbaths since we've come back. It's great to see you all. Thank you. I believe it was in 2018, there was a woman who had to go and have a procedure done to take out a tumor. Now, this is a pretty common occurrence in today's age, correct? Relatively quick, I've never had the procedure done on me, but I, I know that it happens on a regular basis. However, this was not just any normal tumor. It was a tumor that weighed over 132 pounds. Can you imagine trying to carry a 132-pound tumor? That's literally a full-grown adult, amen? And I don't know exactly where the tumor was, but carrying a tumor around, that would be very hard, right? So I, I don't know the full story, but I imagine she was at some point bedridden. Now, the tumor, from what I understand, was growing at about 10 pounds per week. So 40 pounds in one month, that's literally a child right there <laughs> in your stomach. And then a couple of months later, 132 pounds, can you imagine the pressure on the insides? Um, can't go anywhere. Uh, you're not able to work. You're not able to sustain your livelihood. Thoughts are, well, what am I going to do? Is this tumor going to outgrow me, my, literally? And so they had to have uh, emergency surgery. Now, there was a team of surgeons. Let's just take a guess. Anybody want to know how many surgeons it took to remove this tumor? Take a guess. 10? 20? Not quite. 5? 12. 12 surgeons for a five-hour procedure. Have mercy. Now, uh, they were able to extract the tumor. And fortunately enough, the tumor was benign, okay? The opposite is malignant, right? That's the bad one. But even still, a 132-pound tumor is no joke. And so finally, oh, she could breathe. Her insides weren't, you know, <laughs> feeling uh, pushed in and... And, and pressured, she could breathe normally. She could finally actually eat again. And so 
she had the tumor removed, and when she went to go and do her, her, uh, her follow-up with her, her doctor, she came in with a smile, with joy, whereas before it was just pain and anguish. Having this tumor was a burden to her. And finally, as she walked into the office, she finally felt free. She had her life back again. Man, 132-pound tumor. I don't weigh, well, I weigh more than 132 pounds, but having one of me, no, not, not, not down for that. <laughs> but this poor woman had been burdened for a long time. I don't even know, maybe she was sick before, but her experience of, of having this tumor wrecked her life. Some respects, even, I'm not gonna lie, the last year and a half has been a challenge and at times it has been a burden. And my question to you today is right now, are you feeling burdened? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling stressed out? Oops. Okay. So, are you feeling burdened? You know, it's God's desire. It is God's desire to set us free from any burdens, guilt, or shame. In fact, let's go to the scriptures, okay? So let's go to Galatians 5. If you got your Bibles, pull them out. Uh, there may be a Bible in front of you, or if you have no Bibles around you, uh, pull out your tablet or your phone. Let's go to Galatians 5, verse 1. Galatians 5, verse 1. If you're joining us for the first time, or maybe if you're used to just having the scriptures thrown up there, We've decided to take a, a different route, and we want people to literally bring their Bibles and open the Word of God as well, okay? And so we want to make sure that you have an opportunity at least once a week to do so. All right, I still hear some pages turning. All right, are we all there? Okay. And so Paul, he's writing to the church in Galatia. He says, it is for what? Freedom that Christ has what? So stand what? Stand firm then, and do not yourselves be burdened again by what? A yoke of slavery. Anybody not know what a yoke is? All right, just in case. So back in the day, you would have, uh, let's just say, two cows or two bulls. And the yoke is what you would place on top of their necks to help control them so that one wouldn't try to get in front of each other and that it would also be harnessed to the plow and so they would work together. And you know, maybe there's a farmer who's got a really strong, rocky, a rocky field and he's got, these, these cows have to really work. And sometimes that yoke can be heavy a heavy burden on their shoulders. At some point, have you felt that burden, that stress, that angst, that, that frankly, sometimes you question your belief on your shoulders? This last week, last month, maybe the last couple of years? And God doesn't want us to live with this burden or the guilt, or the shame. 
God desires that we be set free. Some of us are wondering, well, how do I do that? So I'd like to share with you a couple of thoughts, uh, three things that are important in not only living a life, but living a life well and being able to live freely. So the first one is intentionally. Intentionally place Christ in your life. Something that is important, you're going to find a way to make it important. All right? You have to prioritize. And, and, and you know, look, God works through us. You know, the Holy Spirit's working in our life. But we also sometimes, it's not just about faith, but we also have to be intentional. So intentionally place Christ in your life. Well, how do I do that? Well, first off, trust in God. Trust God in everything about your life. And placing God first is what I'm doing. The decisions that I'm making uh, or, or working towards, am I honoring God with my family, with my friends, in my workspace, at the grocery store, the park, my neighborhood? Am I being a faithful servant, a faithful disciple for God? And as we, be, as, we, as we move towards discipleship, we have to know who God is in order to be faithful disciples, so we have to pray. Is prayer an important part of your life? You know, sometimes, even this last week, somebody asked me, Pastor, how can I pray? And uh, maybe, you know what, let's even do this. You know, last, when I first came here, I gave you a method of prayer, and it's called the Acts Prayer, adoration. Anybody else? Does anybody remember what C is? Confession. Confession. What's T? All right. And what's S? How would you reword that? Because some people have no idea what supplication is. <laughs> Your request to God, right? So let's just give an example. Let's, do you want to pray real quick? Some of you were wondering, how can we pray? Let's do the Acts prayer. God, we adore you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our life, that you are our God. You are our rock and our savior, and you are our redeemer. God, we confess our sins. Lord, we've maybe said something or, or done something to harm somebody else. Lord, forgive us. But thank you for the amount of the wonderful blessing you have placed in our life that you have done and you will do in the future, Lord. And Lord, it is our prayer that as Downey Church, we be a faithful people to you. Lead and guide us. Lord, we have family and friends in the midst here who are dealing with, with sickness, with financial challenges. Uh, uh, Lord, we're at, perhaps maybe at odds with someone. We place these requests, these supplications to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right? Pretty simple, right? Is that something you could do every day? Maybe even start your day and end with prayer. So may prayer be intentional. Maybe, hey, maybe you have to put it in your schedule, a reminder in your phone. Hey, let's pray at 7 o'clock in the morning or 2 p.m. or, or 4.35 or, or 7.35, whatever. Be intentional. But you also have to be intentional about not only praying, but also spending time in the Word because what better way of to learn who God is through scripture. So spend time in the word.
These two things alone, spending time in prayer and spending time in the Bible, especially as you read, you will discover who a God is, our God is in the Bible. Not just any God, but a God of love, of grace, and that desires to help and lead you in everything to find freedom for you. And not just leading, because being a disciple, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an individual thing. We're also called to serve others. So we practice our faith. Finding freedom also means practicing our faith. And, and as you practice, you're going to find and discover that, man, life is so much greater when I'm helping others. Maybe uh, you can volunteer somewhere, or maybe you have, uh, uh, you've been blessed so share your blessings with others. Speaking of which, we're going to be talking more about that the rest of this month. So please, if you have not signed up for your small group, make sure. Uh, some of us, will, again, will be doing either online or in person or maybe a mixture of both. But take the opportunity to be able to, at one point, be a blessing to somebody. Even something as simple as saying hello and smiling at somebody can make a big difference in somebody's life. The second thing is to remember your blessings. How much, is, how much easier is it to remember the negative than the positive? Easier. So much easier, right? In fact, you look around like on TV, how much of it is positive? Very small. Have you ever watched a positive news hour on KTLA? Frankly, I feel more depressed after I watch the news. Now, to be fair, like, look, we need to know what's happening, right? But yet, good grief. I, I don't feel uplifted after watching the news. It's more of like, man, do, what do I need to do <laughs> to prepare myself to watch the news? So much so that sometimes it's just easier to not just want to, you don't want to know you don't care anymore. But then you're not aware. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to remember our blessings. And think about that. Like, number one, we're all breathing, right? I know for a fact for some of us here in this room, there have been obstacles in your life where you were not sure you were even going to be around today. Amen? And, and I think, number one, that's a, that's a blessing. I am so blessed to be able to, to be surrounded in a community. It almost... Man, I know we're not like where we were pre-COVID, but good grief, the church is filling up. Amen? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> but if you have food on the table, that's a blessing. If you have gas in your car, that's a blessing. If you have somebody to call and say hello to, that's a blessing. So find the good in everything that you can. Um, and finally, the last thing which we're here, all here for is there is strength in community. Your friends, your family, your fellow believers, it is so good. And, and be intentional about reaching out to your family, your friends, your fellow church members, because God doesn't call us to walk this journey alone, to be in communion, to be in community with others. You know, when I look through the scriptures, when I look at the gospels, I think of people uh, who found freedom. For instance, um, 
the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, John 4, she found who the Messiah was. And not only did she just find out, but she went back home. She told everybody in her village. They also wanted to meet the Messiah. And they affirmed and said, yes, we know who God is now because of you. One of the first evangelists was a Samaritan woman. And if you truly understand what that really means, you're scratching your head right now. How is that possible? But thanks to God, it is. I also think of the, the, the several people that Jesus restored their sight. Can you imagine not being able to easily just get up and go somewhere? Now, I, when, I, when I served as a, as a camp counselor many years ago, we would have... Uh, we would dedicate uh, one or two weeks for those who uh, were visually challenged. And we would um, have to, to help them. But by and large, they were actually pretty very self-sufficient. I was amazed at how they adapted their life. It wasn't easy, but also I was impressed and motivated to see how they could overcome the obstacles that they faced. Yet... When I look through the scriptures, I also see now, at that time, there was no hope for them. And God restored the sight. In fact, uh, you, you also think of uh, the lepers. Uh, you think of the woman who had been bleeding. Uh, so many miracles that Jesus was able to bring freedom and hope to people who their outlook in life was not great. It's God's desire that we find freedom, that we find hope, and ultimately extends the gift of salvation. Amen? So strength and community. So just real quick, recap. Intentionally place Christ in your life. Remember your blessings. And remember that there is strength and community and that God desires to bring us freedom, to set us free. Now, Today, we're also, as an act of solidarity and community, we're going we're gonna to partake in the emblems of communion. So just so as we get started, just before we go into communion, does everybody have, uh, have their juice and wafer? OK. Uh, deacons, can we? OK, they're going to go and get you your, your juice and your, your wafer. And, I know I brought him out, but where did it go? Okay. Okay. So on this table here, uh, we have the bread. You know, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it says, as it is written, they freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God talks, Jesus himself talks about uh, bread. In fact, he says, I am the bread of what? Life. Why is bread so important? It's food, right? In order to be able to move, you got to have energy, much like a, a car. Car can't go anywhere without gas or diesel, right? And so, blood, so food, this 
represents food. It represents life. But you also have to break the bread open to be able to eat it. And breaking the bread also represents Jesus, his body broken, beaten, and dying on the cross. We also have the juice, which the blood, representative Christ's blood shed. But blood is not just blood. Why is blood so important? It's life. Let's go a little bit more granular. What does the blood do? What does it carry? Oxygen, right? Can you live without oxygen? <laughs> no. So the blood pushes the oxygen to your brain, to your toes, and it helps you to be able to, to live, literally. Now, I'm going to read something here. It's, it's our fundamental belief. We're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. So the Lord's Supper is a partition in the, participation in the emblems of the body and of the blood of Jesus as an expression of faith in him, our Lord and Savior. And in this experience of communion, Christ is present to meet and strengthen his people. As we partake, we joyfully uh, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And so as we, as we partake in this supper, um, think about Christ in your life. Where has Christ brought you? The master ordained the foot, service of foot washing as well to signify cleansing, a renewed cleansing to express a willingness to serve others in a Christ-like humility to unite our hearts in love. Now, today we're not able to do foot washing, okay? Hopefully by the next uh, quarter we'll be able to do so. But just to kind of touch on that, foot washing is a humble endeavor, right? And, and it's intentional because God has called us in humility and love to serve one another. So don't forget that. And, and as well, this communion service is, is, is open to everybody. As an Adventist church, we participate in open communion. Now here you'll have your, your juice. And on the top, though, uh, that will be the, the, the way for the, the bread, OK? It is unleavened bread. I made sure. And so. Uh, before we ordered these. But in, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 26, on the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. And when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. And their response was everybody was sad. And they began to say to him, well, surely, look, who's, who's going to be the one who, who does that? Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it was written about him, but woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. Now, uh, let's moving forward in verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat, this is my body. So he broke it, and he said, take this, eat, this is my body. Don't eat anything yet. Hold on. 
And he took the cup. And when he given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it from all of you. This is my blood, the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So Jesus is looking forward to as well. When we're all together, we'll be able to partake in communion. Again, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And, you know, he's also, in John 6, he's also referring back to when way back, the Israelites, what did God provide them with when they had run out of food? The manna, right? And here, Jesus is literally comparing himself to a piece of bread, saying, it's because of the bread. Now, I break my body, and I'm going to shed my blood. Yet, I only do it because I love you. As uh, Bill and uh, Edwin, would you mind coming up here? We're going to pray for uh, these emblems. Now, and especially as well, there's nothing mystical about the juice or the bread. There's symbols. We're going to pray, and afterwards, I will uh, read a passage, and there we'll take part in the communion. Okay. So, gentlemen, at this time, let us prepare our hearts, and in prayer, let's go ahead and begin. Yes, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in this hour, we remember that our salvation has a price, and you give your Holy Son to pay our debt. Thank you, Father, because through him we have salvation. And for your grace and your love, we believe one day we'll be with you in the heaven. Thank you, Father, because we remember this bread symbol of the body of Jesus who was crushed and crucified in the cross for our salvation. We give you glory and honor. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your precious blood that was spilled for us. It was blood that was innocent, and it was blood that didn't deserve to die, and especially in a treatment like that. Lord, there's no way we can repay that debt, but we are grateful for what you did for us to give us hope and a future. Lord, thank you so much for this juice that represents your blood that was spilled for us. Help us to remember what you did and that we might be as grateful and as gracious to others Ooh. as you have been to us. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, gentlemen. In a letter written to the believers in Corinth, Paul has to correct uh, an abuse that had been going on where some of the more privileged and those who had more means had turned the communion into something that it was not. And so he had to write them a letter and basically state, hey, no, this is what it really, what it really means. 
And so in verse 23, it says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Okay, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Tomorrow's 4th of July a day that we are reminded of freedom and independence. I hope, though, that tomorrow and throughout this rest of the week and just in your life in general, may you remember that God does not want to have you live in fear or be burdened, that you will live life and live it well, to live life with joy, with happiness, with freedom. And in Christ, may you give everything to Christ in all, everything, your life, your family, your job. May you trust God with everything, and the Lord will lead and guide you what God has called you to do. So let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, today we've talked about freedom. Lord, we're all human. We have made mistakes. And it may be that we may have to have some tough conversations and ask for forgiveness not only to you, but also to maybe those we have harmed in the past. But God, may it, it's our desire that we don't live with burden, with fear of stress, but that we can truly trust and be led by you. And Father, forgive us, for we are sinners. But Lord, we, we go forth with renewed vigor, and as a church community, Lord, may we support one another in fellowship and and also, Lord, uh, just in general, Lord, help us to be there for one another. We still have some of our family who are not able to come back yet. We pray for them. And uh, we just ask for those who are dealing with physical hardship, especially, Lord, we ask for healing. And we ask that, Lord, you will help them in their journey to overcome what they're dealing with. Lord, for those who are dealing with financial difficulty, bless, lead, and guide them. And as well, Lord, for those who are mentally and emotionally just drained and exhausted, God, we pray that you will be there for them to relieve them, to bring joy and peace in their hearts. Finally, Lord, for those especially whose faith has been challenged and, and even questioned, Lord, we pray that God renew their spirit with vigor. Remind them that you are God and that nothing is possible without you. So guide us in all that we do in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, everyone. Hold off. We have a few more things. Have a wonderful 4th of July and be safe. 
We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.